and welcome aboard the Battleship Pretension. I am Tyler Smith. I am David Bax. And thank you for listening. David. Yes. How you doing? Uh, miserable because uh, I'm having a bad allergy day because it's oh. uh, this always happens like if it's not the first day the temperature like jumps up and today it's like especially here in the in the valley as you and I know uh, yeah. the, continue to the valley talk from last week and also thank you to Carrie for joining us last week Indeed. um yeah it's like 93 degrees or something today and like my just having a bad allergy day all day but I'm in a good mood to be talking movies on the podcast that uh, we keep plugging away on after 17 years uh, <laughs> weird <laughs> yeah oh. uh it's i i keep bringing uh, i i've been thinking more okay i tend to like when i try to remember when something happened in my life i try to equate it with certain like i lived here i worked here or whatever mm. but up until this past may i lived in the same place for 12 years and worked in the same building for 11 years yeah and so uh, my reference points were the same for over a decade and now I have moved and suddenly I, it's caused me more like to, to reflect more sure. on like, uh, just the fact, like, I, remember I was like, um, one of the, I don't know why I remember this. One of the first, maybe the first time I went to Amoeba music, when I moved out here, I bought the then new Kate Bush CD uh, aerials and Kate Bush is in the news a lot because like the hill has, yeah. And so I was looking on Spotify at aerials, the album. And it was like, Oh, do you want to listen to the 2005 version of the 2018 remaster? I'm like, Holy fuck. I've lived in this city long enough for there to be a whole new remaster of this album. that came out. Anyway. So I've been thinking a lot about Mm -hmm. like that, how, uh, how long I've lived in Los Angeles and how much the time is time has passed. And so that's why I bring up, we've been doing it for 17 years. We've been doing it for 15 years. You've been, uh, I've been living here for 17 17 years. You're right. You're right. Sorry. We've been Uh, doing this for a mere seven, uh, a mere 15 years. I probably did it for the first time, like 12 years ago or something. Yeah. That's probably true. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but you know what, speaking of music, um, this podcast is brought to you by tweakedaudio.com. Tweakedaudio.com is where you go for professional quality earbuds in a variety of stylish styles and colorful colors. They look great. They sound great. Taylor, Tyler and I use them each and every day of our lives. Today, I was listening to, you know, Tyler listeners, you know, I try to like keep up on different genres. So every once in a while, I'll do like a jazz deep dive. Um, and that's what I did uh, yesterday and today. And I listened to a new album by uh, jazz guitarist Brandon Seabrook. The album is called In the Swarm. And it's, uh, I don't know jazz, but I know what I like. And it's really fucking good. And it sounded really fucking good on my tweakedaudio.com earbuds. They're available at a low, low price at tweakedaudio.com. But if you use the offer code pretension at checkout, you get one third off that low, low price and no shipping charges. So please go to tweakedaudio.com and use the offer code pretension. Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Tyler? Yes? We're back. Let's get into it, shall we? Indeed. Something I've been saying for 15 years. Uh, um, 
Who's our guest? Uh, well, this is this is an episode that's been uh, a long time coming. Uh, it's one we've been talking about, as tends to happen. It's like we have ideas for episodes around, and then like, but it's Oscar time, and mm-hmm. a good like ten weeks of uh, of that season are already set aside for years uh, yearly episodes, um, and so this one has been sort of on the back burner for a while, but it's very exciting to, uh, to finally get to talk about it, uh, today. And, uh, uh we'll be talking about like the, the way that uh, parenthood has impacted the way we, uh, look at movies and the way we see movies and that sort but of Tyler, thing. I'm not a parent. You're not, you're not a parent. It's a parent that you're not a parent. Um, I know, I know. and, uh, so it's, uh, but yeah. And so I thought like, well, who should we get? And I thought, Oh, you know, who's who I always enjoy, um, uh, hearing about uh, parenthood from uh, based on social media and such is uh, is our old friend uh, as established a moment ago. So old. <laughs> and we're all pretty old. There's a lot, you know. I'm pretty sure uh, that when you first met us, we didn't have quite so much gray in our beard as we do now. But yeah. Uh, but yeah, our friend uh, Susan Burke. Susan, how you doing? Hi, um, I'm doing well. Thank you so much for having me. It's been it's been a while. Like I haven't, I haven't seen you guys and we're on zoom, but I haven't seen you talk to you. I've seen you on social media, but, mm. uh, since before the pandemic, I think yeah. Gosh, I, I guess that's true. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. All right. Yes. We need to David take a note. <laughs> have Susan on more often. Yay. Yeah. yeah let's do that. Yeah, I'm always, I always have, but then I, yeah, I feel like, well, you're talking about time, like with the pandemic and stuff too. It's just like, I feel like, you know, first it was like, oh, this year kind of got turned into a blur this year that happened 2020. And then it like was 2022, <laughs> like 2021. Yeah. And now it's 2022. It's like, okay, like it's still going on. Things are more normal, but yeah, like this, this is kind of like readjusting. And as a parent, you know, like it's, it's, it's totally different. I mean, because I think about like seeing movies, like I haven't seen a movie in a theater I've seen some drive-in movies um, and a couple of times before Delta <laughs> yeah. and I like got a babysitter and saw a few movies in the theater, but it's just been everything. I've just, you know, just rented things that, mm. you know, thankfully screeners, you know, at, at awards time, but, yeah, but you know, like just, there's been like, it's like, I really want to see the North one still haven't seen it. And I'm just like, okay, I'm going to rent it. And then by the time it's time, I like, you know, Alistair's asleep and everything. It's like, well, it's like 1030. Do we want to watch like a super long movie now? I'm, I'm fine to use that to transition into the first. And I would say uh, the, the sort of more uh, logistical aspect of the topic, which is uh, because I, when I first was thinking about this, like, Oh, it's the way we approach movies. So of course, watching movies differently, uh, certain content maybe striking us differently, but the first thought I had, and and it's you know obviously there's there's pandemic stuff, but like the 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 impact on the impact that parenthood has on just w- the the act of watching movies. Yeah. Um, and before we start recording, you asked like, what's it like having twins? And I'll say, for my experience it's been pretty great. And it's mostly because our kids are shockingly, I won't say easy because of course, when there's two of them, your head has to be on a constant swivel and that sort of thing. But 
when people talk about uh, twin, you know what, uh, twin parents or or uh, parents of, of uh, uh, single children, um, singles, singles, yeah, yeah, Lucy's. Um, what? <laughs> I don't know what that means. Is that like a thing? Is that yeah, like, a, like a, a, a hip a, thing? It's not a hip thing, but you, you go to a, like a liquor store, you buy a like single a cigarette, Got it. cigarette <laughs> out of a jar. A loose oh, so it's loose. It's a loose cigarette. Yeah. I see. I see. Okay. Um, it's a horrible uh, thing to refer to children. <laughs> <laughs> you like that one cigarette at the liquor store. <laughs> it's like, hey, you know, I really wanted you. And thankfully, there you were. Um, <laughs> but, but I didn't need more. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. It just you scratched that itch that I needed in the yeah. moment. Um, but yeah, uh, when I when I talk to uh, only children is what I should have said, not single children. But um but the uh, like my kids have been sleeping through the night at since five months. Oh, wow. Uh, they go to bed between six and six thirty and they sleep until six or six thirty. Uh, and so that, you know, that's pretty great because that does allow me the option of like, OK, I, I kind of have my the rest of my night. Now, of course, a lot of that means getting stuff done that I could not have done during the day because I yeah. was watching them. But, uh, but it does these days, especially um, it does free me up to like go and see a movie usually on my own. And that's, that's another big thing is I see a lot more movies alone these yeah. days because uh, we would have to hire a babysitter, even though babysitting, like they don't really wake up at night. So babysitting is just like someone to sit at our house uh, and, there just haven't been that many movies that Jen is that interested in seeing uh, because of course, babysitters cost money. And, yeah. and uh, so, yeah, so I see a lot more movies alone in the early days. I really wasn't seeing, I wasn't seeing anything uh, at home or, and certainly in the theater, cause there was pandemic stuff, but like yeah. it was, and it was really getting to me. Uh, cause like movies are very nourishing to me. And uh, these kids at the time were not quite so nourishing. Yeah. <laughs> so. I, Actually, we saw a lot, a lot of driving movies when Alistair was like a new, like a newborn and an infant, mm. because, um, you know, we were in Pasadena, so that's not too far away from like Mission Tiki and Vineland. And so we end up seeing, like, I never really see like superhero movies, like when they come out, I've seen a watch like Batman movies, but I'm just not like a Marvel person, like they're fine, mm. but you know, that. But it's like, so we saw like every like giant movie because that's what they <laughs> show. Yeah. And then, but it's, it was so great because like, and, and Alistair, you know, would just like nurse and fall asleep. And like, I was like, I can do this while watching a movie. This is amazing. Um, but then. <laughs> what did you see at the drive-ins? I want to, I want to know. Yeah, you know what we thought? I mean, like, I, I, so that was like 2016. Then, uh, like between like May of 2016 and. Okay. The next year and it, wow. like a lot of it's stuff like that came out doctor I, you know, strange uh I mean, so much stuff that star trek like so much stuff sure. that like i saw but it was just like but i wasn't that into you know what we saw though um oh man what is that crazy movie with like uh i'm totally blanking um about like the the nazi punk show um with green, green room? room yes yeah yeah so that at the drive-in 
<laughs> but it was oh, it was this double feature with neighbors too. But it's like you know, <laughs> but it's like yeah, Alistair doesn't. He was a baby, like a tiny right. baby, and was just asleep the whole time. I mean, that totally changes because it's like I think about when I was pregnant and I didn't have like a very good pregnancy, so I was in bed a lot, and I watched like you know, super fucked up stuff. Like I watched, I watched like the entirety of the walking Dead. Like I watched just whatever, you know, whatever I normally would watch. Like, and then when Alistair was baby, like same thing. And then when, when Alistair was probably like, you know, I guess like five or six or seven months, like at that age where it's like, it's like, Oh, we can't like, no. And now it's like, it's strange. Like I, we don't like curse in front of, them ever you know like we're, we're pretty good about that and i find myself like just in normal life i'll be like oh shucks <laughs> <laughs> i'll be like oh man in canto that's a really good movie <laughs> <laughs> i remember uh once i was um helping out our friend uh a friend pilar who has her own podcast and and she needed a producer to fill in so i, I helped her out and she had a guest who was like first like that first time out of the house after months like with the uh uh her her little little kid and like we took a break in the middle of the podcast and she asked me and, she, and this woman i didn't know what she heard me and she was like where's the potty <laughs> yeah oh absolutely oh totally yeah uh so there have been there have been days when like jen is is working all day or she's shooting a wedding or whatever it is uh and so i'm just with the with the kids all day and and you know, it, it's essentially like a running one way conversation where I'm just talking to them all the time and, you know, kind of be like, oh, are you, you know, are you hungry? Do you want some food? That sort of thing. Um, and uh, so a f- uh, then after they went, to, like shortly after they went to bed, like a friend came over uh, to just say hi. And he talked about I, this is such an embarrassing story. Um, and he said, I said, oh, hey, what have you been up to today? And so he kind of told me, he goes, yeah, I'm exhausted. I'm like, and I literally without, I was, I was like, I was like, are you a sleepy boy? And <laughs> because that's what I say. And then I was just like, right, hang on. I need to get into adult mode. Um, and it really, it's, it's a hundred percent true. Like it just becomes, it becomes it, instinct. I know it totally like, well, my, um, and so Matt was out of town, uh, shooting a film last month and then, um, my brother came to town um, and we went to that concert at the Rose Bowl, the Cruel World concert together. Um, and the plan was for Matt to come too, but he actually got COVID and had to like mm. stay in Northern California and isolate, Yikes. which was a drag. But, um, <laughs> but it was also kind of lucky that that happened away from Alistair and I. Yeah. So my brother and I, <laughs> you know, went to the show together and we're hanging out and like, and it was just like a thing of like, well, I'm driving and my brother's in the passenger seat and Alistair's in the car seat. And it's usually like, I'm driving and Matt's in the passenger seat and Alistair's in the car seat. And like, I don't know what, like what exactly it was, but I was just like, oh, Alistair, honey, can you just give that to daddy? I do not. Like, no, no, no. I'm so sorry. But it's just like, I'm, you know, like it's such a, like words are so different. yeah it's it really like and you you hear so much going in uh you know i've i became a a parent later than a lot of my friends you know i was 38 uh when when we adopted and 
you know, you hear so much about like people say like, oh, well, uh, you know, essentially what you and I are talking about, like, oh, well, we don't swear in front of them. We don't do this or this. Um, And, you know, for myself, maybe because I'm a, you know, prideful asshole, uh, I was just like, it was like, well, hang on now. Like, you know, I'm, I'm going to be different. And everything that people have said is a hundred percent what I have arrived at naturally, as I'm sure they did. Everybody thinks like, no, I'll be different. I'll be like the cool parent or whatever, as opposed to me. It's not like I thought like, I'm just going to let the kids run wild or anything like that. But I just felt like Jen and I found like the thing to do to like get their attention, which is rather than just say no all the time, we just go like, ah, ah. And then you say, don't touch that and try to be very specific. And like that noise gets their attention. And I'm like, what a horrible noise. I hate making it. It must be horrible to hear, but I guess hypothetically it's better than the word no. And and so I'm literally going, ah, ah, ah. And it's like, if any adult said, ah, 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 to me, I'd be like, we're done (laughs) for the rest of my life. Um, And it's just, yeah, it's, uh, and, and and it also goes to, goes to movies. Like I've heard so many people say like, Hey, you know what? We went and saw this movie that everybody says is terrible. We were just so happy to get out of the house. Yeah, we, yeah. we were happy with anything. And I'm not quite to that point, but early on I was, it's like the first, uh, we adopted out of, uh, out of uh, Phoenix. So we were staying in Phoenix for a while and it was, August, 2020. And so things are starting to lighten up a little bit. So theaters were open in Phoenix, as long as you have your mask and all that kind of thing. So the day before the kids were born, we went to a theater and saw Tenet and I didn't really like Tenet, whatever. And then I didn't see another movie in the theater until I think it was March or April of 2021. And I saw Godzilla versus Kong. And you know what? I'm not going to say I loved it, right. but I was I was infinitely more enthusiastic about it than I I just knew. It's like, oh, the me from two years ago would be so judgmental of me now uh, yeah, yeah. for liking this movie as much as I do. So, like, I definitely fell into that trap as well. Yeah, well, I think it's just it, it, it is totally true, like becoming like just appreciative of like the experience of seeing a movie because it's, yeah. a, it's a whole I mean, it's, when I think about, like, I used to see so many movies, so many movies in the theater. And, like, for a long time, like, a lot of comedy buddies, I like, worked at Arclight and stuff and would, like, sneak me in. And, like, so I'd see, like, movies for real all the time. And then, like, but, you know, just, you know, we live really close to the Lameleys, which might be closing, which is unfortunate. And, like, mm. you know, the the Arclight Pasadena was there and just be, like, you know, like, this time in the evening, like, what, like, 7 30 like hey do you want to go see a movie like let's go see like a nine o'clock like oh let's go see this at 11 you know and it's just and working freelance like that's obviously a privilege too because you know um because if we're you know working working it wasn't like that but with the kid it's just like well yeah if we want to see a movie it's not just the cost of the movie it's the cost of a babysitter and then if we're going to get a babysitter like well we might as well go and like eat dinner too and then it's just like well this is like a huge event Yes, (laughs) Yes, <laughs> they can happen like every couple months because this is like a huge deal, and it's not just like yeah. let's go see a movie. Yeah, what used to be a very casual spur of the moment thing mm-hmm. has to be planned out like two weeks in advance. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, and then there's always the idea. It's like we we've only 
we've only done like a true babysitter situation once. Yeah. The rest of the time, it's been like a trusted friend who just comes over to, to just stay at the house or we pay our nanny to stay later. Um, who, you know, the kids trust and all that kind of thing. Yeah. We've only done the the true babysitter thing once, someone that we didn't really know, but someone else vouched for and uh, and uh, didn't love it. So mm-hmm. it's not a thing we have done very often, but we probably need to start doing it. Tell, tell me about that. Well, how, why didn't you love it? And what did you do about not loving it? Um, it's, it wasn't it wasn't against anything against this uh, this babysitter. It was more just the idea of like, you know, you, you're very aware, like you, you tell the person ahead of time, like, Hey, we're looking to be home around this time. And because it's a stranger and because like you've agreed upon a certain amount of money and all that sort of thing, like it kind of, it, it forces you in my experience, like rush home yeah, uh, so that you can be there on time because, Oh, well, we told the babysitter we'd be home at, at a certain time. If it's a friend and all they're doing is hanging out at, at your house and the kids aren't waking up or anything like that. Like we have been able to say as we leave, like, Hey, we may wind up. It's like, we're looking to be home around this time. It might be like 30 minutes later or something like yeah. that. And they're more okay with it. Whereas like with, with, when it's, when mm. things are more official, even though you're paying them and paying them well, yeah. uh, there is this feeling it's like, well, I need to hold up my side of the, of the bargain as well, which is to be home at a certain time. Absolutely. Like we mostly just have friends. Yeah. Maybe I mean, we only like, there was like one situation where like a friend's, like a friend's assistant who used to be a nanny, hmm. like helped out for like a couple of days because like Matt was out of town and I was doing something <laughs> like I was working. Um, and that was when Alistair was like really tiny and was going to daycare. So she like picked Alistair up from daycare like a couple of times and watched them. But like, th- but you know, like the pandemic happened when Alistair, was three so and now Alistair is six so that like changed too like who we were felt comfortable yeah in our house and like like I'm I'm very cautious with precautions <laughs> um and like and I'm like well yeah like a lot of like people you know like younger single people like going out and that's cool like but it's like then I don't want you in my house with yeah. my kid, <laughs> but, you know? Um, so it just like kind of changed that, that like where it's like now babysitting and now, you know, I mean, Alistair's vaccinated and boosted and, and things aren't as, as bad, but, but I'm still pretty precautious because. Yeah. It's yeah. It definitely, uh, Jen's parents have come to visit many times because we back in April, Jen and I took a, a trip to Africa. And so Jen's what? Pa- yeah, awesome. it, was, it was pretty amazing. <laughs> um, and it was going to be for 17 days. And it's like, that's a long, and we planned it before the kids came along and before we knew we were going to have them. Oh, wow! And so it's like, okay, well, we're not going to not do this, but we need to figure out what to do. And so it's like, okay, Jen's parents will come and stay here and watch the kids. But in order to do that, that means we're really going to have to get the kids used to them. And so not only did Jen's parents come and visit fairly frequently for like little short stints, uh, but also, you know, talking to them like through video chat and stuff like that. Um, But like when we got back from, from Africa and the kids saw us, like they seemed very confused. They called us the wrong thing. 
Um, uh-huh. They got really creeped out and stuff. Um, and then after, and then like the next day, everything was fine. But today, because uh, it's, it's uh, my wife's birthday. And so her parents uh, flew out to like celebrate their 40, uh, her 40th birthday. Uh, so they arrived today and the kid, while the kids were sleeping and when they woke up from their nap, they came out of the room and I was like, oh, they're going to be so excited to see you guys. And boy, oh boy, uh, one of them, like, just like peeked around the hallway and he was a little like mischievous and smiling and stuff, but he didn't like go up to them or anything like that. And the other one started running and it's like, oh, this is exciting. Ran past them to me and then grabbed my leg and held on. And I was like, this is weird. Cause he doesn't do this. And then Jen's mom said, he probably thinks you're leaving. Like oh, by yeah. seeing us here, he probably thinks you're about to go somewhere. And I was like, oh my gosh, I'd never thought of that. And it's just the kind of thing like, uh, so it's on my mind because it just happened today, obviously, but it, this idea of like bringing people in and to, to take care of them. And then when you realize like they start to, they start to like associate these people with you leaving or absence or something like that. And it's just like, shit, man, are we taking, are we taking too many small trips? Are we bringing too many people in? Like, right. I don't know. It's all these, these kind of standard worries about like, you know, the, the impact and like, what's it, what does it communicate to the kids? If you, if, if we travel like quote unquote too much or whatever, um, I don't know. It's not, it's not situation. Sorry. We I, haven't I, gotten I wanna, into movies yet. Sorry. That's okay, <laughs> but I, I, Cause I want to go back to something you said. You said when you came back from Africa, they called you the wrong thing. Yeah. What, what do they normally call you? And what do they call you instead? Uh, Can I imagine them being like, uh, Trevor, right? Oh, Tyler. I know it was a T. Oh, yeah, it, it was a T and an R. Damn it. I'm yeah, that's on me. I'm sorry. Um, but uh no, it's usually it's mama and dada. Um mm-hmm. and uh Jen's parents are Baba and Papa. And they called me Papa. And uh that hung on for a while. I think because she like her dad and I both have beards, but then and you know, similarly, like David, when they see you. I think they legitimately get confused because yeah. like glasses, beard, uh, similar tone of voice and cadence. And I think they, <laughs> they're like, something's off here. That um, would explain the way that they looked at me when I was yeah. there on Sunday where they were a hundred percent. That's what it was. Yeah. Um, Cause like you walked out of my office <laughs> and it's like something, this is like a, a weird uh, David uh, Lynchian kind of thing. Um, but uh, no, no, did but, yeah. you get a haircut? <laughs> and oh, and I did recently get a haircut, incidentally, and they yeah. noticed, which is insane to me. That's insane that they noticed. But like they came up and they like touched the back of my head yeah. and rubbed it. And it's like, oh, my gosh, like it just is astonishing to me how much they're already paying attention and retaining. It's my, it's my father-in-law loves to tell the story about when my wife was little and the one time he tried to shave like be clean shaven shave his beard and she immediately started crying oh of course and so he grew it back and it's still to this day uh still has a beard yeah, yeah. that's actually with matt like because when orange is the new black ended he was like i'm gonna shave my beard like because it finally like you know can i don't have to keep it for work and then it was just like i can't i else there's not gonna know who i am <laughs> and it's also a work thing too like he's like you know like no one is a beard, but it was right. mostly like yeah. i mean he's just like no i can't do that and now i think alistair would just be like you know where'd your beard go yeah. but fine <laughs> wouldn't 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 freak them out at all but 
you know, like, yeah, at that age, it's like, like I think Alistair, I have two sisters that look a lot alike. They're not twins, but, and, and Alistair like loves them both so much, but for the longest time, just got them totally confused. Cause it's like, they both like, like look very similar, like long blonde hair and are, you know, like, and he knows like, that's like, you know, their aunts. Yeah. And the other stuff, like my nephews who are older, Alistair will be like, they're your brothers. And I'm like, no, they're not my brothers. <laughs> <laughs> they're your cousins. And it's like, no, they're your brothers. Like, they're daddy's brothers. <laughs> uh, now, before we move into movies, I will, and we're ta- we're on this subject. Uh, David, I know you like when I report this to you. Uh, okay. This week, I this last week, I had two separate instances of oh, double trouble. Uh, this is is when whenever tyler is out and about with his his kids it's always at at least once someone will just point at the twins and go oh double trouble and it's always the noise first it's always oh Oh. double trouble and uh yeah so i got it twice uh in the last week so i really like i need when i'm out, out out and about i'm keeping my eyes peeled for twins so that I can do that. Oh, you son of a bitch. I'm pretty sure I've, I've done that. Like maybe yeah. that's just our natural human instinct. This yeah. yeah. Um, and then one person I, and I've, the listeners have heard the story, but like one person months and months ago said, Oh, double blessing. And I was like, yes, yes, it is. Thank you. <laughs> I'm not living in a perpetual hell uh, times two. But, I think it's more uh, just a double and trouble rhyme. Exactly. Exactly. Right. Um, so, uh, um, okay. So to the, to the topic um, yeah. and we, and we talked about it a little bit as far as like the, the logistics. Um, so as far as like the, because when you're, when you're a movie person uh, you like to think that, you're so objective or whatever it is that, and that you're, you're so able to empathize with characters Mm -hmm. that uh, I'll just speak for myself. Like I I thought that I was so able to empathize with characters that, that like, even if I hadn't had a certain life experience uh, I could still connect with this film or this experience that a character has. And, you know, for the most part you can, depending on how effective the movie is, but invariably, you know, the, the big experience, you know, a lot of the big experiences like loss and, you know, marriage and falling in love and then like becoming a parent, like those are huge experiences. And, you know, movies are, are a lot of movies are about those experiences and invariably every single time, once I experience it, I look at certain movies differently. It's like, Oh yes. Okay. And, and something, and in some cases, things that might not have resonated with me suddenly really do. And so, of course, uh, having kids um, and then going and and watching movies, uh, I just start to it's not it's not even so much that like certain scenes didn't have an impact before, but it's more just like thinking of all the other things that go into it. I will give a specific example. I have seen Jaws more than any other movie. And the second victim in Jaws is an eight-year-old boy. And the film does, I think, as he's not a main character. His mother is not a main character. The film does as good a job as it can humanizing the kid and humanizing the mother and her grief 
because she shows up later on mm-hmm. and and slaps the chief of police. And and so it's like, OK, this this is they didn't want to let this character just be a device. And I always appreciated that. Yeah. Um, and it and it always made me very sad uh, that that scene. I watch it now. And I think like she had to I almost I almost well up a little bit when I think about it. It's it's bad enough because like, you know, we cut away after mm-hmm. it's been established what has happened. But she has to, like, gather up her stuff at the beach mm-hmm. and gather up his stuff. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like he, he's a little boy and granted he's eight so he doesn't have his diaper bag or anything like that like we do but anytime you go somewhere you you bring all this stuff with you and and i can't imagine having to gather all that stuff up but not the person that it belongs to that person is not there anymore and then going home to an to a house and like alex kittner is the name of the kid he has his own room that's alex's room but there's no alex now like I can't fathom that, and I know that in the in the sense of the movie, you're supposed to mourn this, but you're also supposed to move on. Move on, yeah. And and you know you, this is the chief's story, not her story. Uh, but I look at that, and I just think of all the things that go into a fun day at the beach, or going to a playground, or whatever it is, and just the idea of something fun and casual turns into the worst day of your life and i haven't experienced that but because of all the logistical elements of of being a parent that just the fact of that just became almost intolerable uh, for me to watch i've seen jaws a couple of times since then partially because i show it in class in classes that i teach but like since then like that sequence just really really gets me and so like that, that to me is, and there, there are other examples of this, but like, that's an example of like, it's a movie I've seen a million times. That scene has always been resonant, but not, not like this because of my own, my personal experience of being a parent and, and what I know now that I did not know for many years. So that's, that's one example. I think you I mean, need to write a movie that is like this, like very, like, sad like the story of that character that mother like from Jaws because that's I don't that, I mean I, I've seen you know Jaws a handful of times yeah. um and you know but I haven't seen it since being a parent and like yeah that part is sad but I've never really like but I'm sure now yeah seeing it as a parent would be yeah. a completely different experience I mean and that's I find myself judging the parents in movies like a lot more. Okay. I'm gonna turn on the light, like, and I and I'm not, you know, it's like just or just like the logistics of like we're talking about, like of like, wait, how can they do all that if they have kids? And like, <laughs> yes, yes, you know, like where is their kid? Like, what is going on? They have kids. Like, where are they? Who's watching them? Like, I just like worry about are they in school? It's, you know, it's summer. <laughs> yeah, it's like there are entire episodes of The Simpsons where Maggie is not around. Yeah. And she's like, well, uh, you know, look, I recognize that she, that Maggie doesn't a- 
actively play much of a role because she can't talk or anything like that. But at the same time, just for my own peace of mind, just say, yeah, just say like grandpa's grandpa's watching Maggie or yeah. something like that, you know, but I recognize like, eh, it's a comedy. It's an absurd animated comedy yeah. show. They don't need to do that, but it is definitely a, a thing where I think more about it. Um, uh, yeah. It's, I'm, I'm trying to think if I actually, if I do judge parents in, in movies that it, when I might not have otherwise, because there are plenty of movies where like the parent is just clearly bad and oh, right, singular, right. you know, parent or not, you know that they're a bad parent. I'm yeah. trying to think if there are any examples where because of my experience as a parent, I'm like, oh, that guy's a terrible father or something like that, that I wouldn't have thought that otherwise. Well, no, I think uh, some reason like I saw like part of Sleepless in Seattle recently, like flipping mm-hmm. through the channels. And that's a movie I think I saw when I was a kid, like in the theater with my mom. Um, and it's like, obviously that character is Mom Hanks is like, he's a good dad, you know, yeah. but there's so many, it's like, there's so many scenes where it's like, wait, who is with his kid? Like he's a single dad and there's never established like, oh, I'm going to, my mom's here. I'm going to go, you know, right. run after Meg Ryan. Um, <laughs> like, but it's just like, and I feel like, I mean, people with children write movies i'm a person with children who writes movies like but i think of like the characters of parent i mean and obviously but i think a lot of that and not to because i know this isn't your experience as a father um at all and i think that things are totally changing and shifting but that you know in the 80s 90s um even the odds and not not obviously before like like men who are dads it was just like I mean, in real life and in fiction, like, yeah, they're, they're dad, but they didn't, they weren't like that hands-on. So it's like right. something like, you know, like Mad Men, for example, like, it's like, yeah, yeah of course, like Don Draper's like terrible father, you know, but like. And a terrible husband. And a terrible <laughs> husband and a terrible liar. Um, yeah. But no, but it's like. But it's, but it's still like, you, you don't like, it's not, it's like, oh, what a terrible husband. Cause he's just his wife all the time. It's like, oh, what a terrible dad. Like later there's things yeah. in the series where it's like, oh my God, he's a terrible dad because she saw that. Not, but like early on, you know, but I, I think like, wait, what, like, but then it's obvious like Betty's a terrible mom. Like she's drunk. Like she's, you know, like what a horrible person. Like just knowing she's pregnant. Like, I mean, like people did that then, you know, but. Uh, but I think people are just like, yeah, dad goes, dad goes on business trips. Dad is gone. Like that was just like a very acceptable thing. And I think a lot of like male writers of film, it was like, yeah, if the character of kids, like they have kids, like whatever, like yeah. that. And I think probably too much about like character, like when it's like, Oh, well, what is their job? Like they're supposed to be a teacher, but like, why are they always home? <laughs> like, what, like in movies <laughs> like that, those like logistical things bother me. Um, and so, you're yeah. like uh, you're like President Bartlett. If you remember the episode where he uh, <laughs> uh, he, he had a cold and he was watching soap operas and, and he says something like, like, uh, don't these people have jobs? They all seem to have a lot of free yeah. time in the middle of the day. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it's like, you know, I mean, I think about that here. Like, I, I'm a person who, you know, mostly works like freelance. So I guess, you know, before having a kid, like would be at like coffee shops in the middle of the day, but I'd look around at the people in the coffee shop in the middle of the day and be like, why are they here? Like, what is, are all these people like trust fund kids? Like, what is the deal? What do they do? Why are they at this coffee shop? Um, 
and I also have been a person who worked at coffee shops, like, um, mm. you know, like, and, and, and stuff like that. And was just like, kind of amazed with like, where does money come for so many people? <laughs> that, I do think that that's not like you mentioned Tom Hanks and sleepless in Seattle. And like, you know, any scene, cause he is a single father. So like mm-hmm. th- there's not another parent in the picture. Uh, mm-hmm. Cause his wife has, has died. We're right. Dead, like, it's yeah. Not like, yeah. So you know, so anytime he's out doing something like, yeah, maybe his kids in school, but uh, anytime he's out doing something, you can't help but think like, good Lord, how much money does this guy have that he can just spend exorbitant amounts on a babysitter? You know, I know well, I- babysitters that mean, you know, when I was, when I babysat for the neighbor's kids in the nineties, I made like four bucks an hour. That's true. It, was not, that's- it was a lot cheaper than, that's yeah. True. That's yeah. so, and that's, I mean, I feel like babysitters should, I mean, babysitters should get paid a lot and they should take very good care of kids. Yeah. Like, you know, I would babysit when I was like 12 and 13, you know, and get paid like, you know, $2 an hour or whatever. And like, just kind of hang out, play with the kids. And then, so, you know, was like, I was a kid. Like what yeah. like people just leave their kids with other <laughs> kids, like all the yeah. time. And then, yeah. You like yeah. you can watch TV when they go to sleep. <laughs> yeah, no, that was always yeah. a big thing for me as a, when I was babysitting because I grew up without cable, so I'd be like, "Oh, Ooh, I get to yeah. watch MTV and Comedy Central and eat different snacks than we have in our pantry." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that, I mean, but it's a total like I wouldn't. I mean, I guess if someone was like a, a close friend's teenage kid or something that I knew well, that would maybe I would like, but I. Don't, I mean, I would maybe let my like you know, teenage nephews watch Alistair, but you know, like I would not let, I would not hire like a, like a 15 or 16 year old. And I yeah. hell wouldn't hire like 13 year old. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I can't imagine. I can't no. imagine what that's like. Now I have um, a couple of uh, questions for you guys. Well, this first one, especially is probably more for Susan because Tyler's kids are still so uh, young. Other than drive-ins, have you, have you, taken alistair to the movies and how do they uh, behave I mean, yeah I, I well I, again like because of the pandemic not very many times but yeah, yeah uh, took alistair to see toy story 4 in the theater when that came out and that was um a big hit i was really liked it now Alistair gets is getting a lot better now but gets scared of like there's in that movie there's like the puppet um yeah that is quite scary I think, you know, and like, so that in a theater, like that experience of like everything being big was like, ah, but loved it. Then we went back like a few weeks later and went and saw the Lion King, the live action Lion King. And that like, just like scared the shit out of us. And we were at the, um, the Americana theater. And I was like, oh, sorry. We're like somebody working there was like, what's going on? And I was like, we, I'm sorry. Like my child just got scared of the movie. It's just too scary for them. And they were like, Oh, here's some free tickets. So then we said, Toy Story again. <laughs> 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 okay. Like I'm just like, hang out and then we'll go be Toy Story. Um, and then, yeah, I think that, I feel like we took us to see one other thing, but then we've gone to like, we've gone to the drive-in a lot. Like we saw like, uh, a Wee's big adventure and then drive in at the mm. Rose Bowl with Alistair, which was really cool. Did that, that, did scary that, though. Yeah, there's some scary parts in that. Did that? Oh, get well, you? I mean, I know that movie so well that like I knew right when the large Marsh thing was happening, sure. and I was just like, yeah, like you know, just yeah. and that was you know, it's also the drive in, so it was like easy to distract right. real quick. Um, yeah, right. 
yeah and then like for a while there was like this like i think it's still going on but there's like parking lot theater in glendale <laughs> like driving mm-hmm. that they were every sunday night would play like a disney movie so oh, that's we like went and saw like every disney movie there um well that actually brings you to the second question i was going to ask which again also tyler's kids might be too young for this but um the idea of showing your kids something that you liked when they were their age yeah. like how much are you invested in like i hope they like it as much as i did or like do you get bummed out disappointed i mean yeah i mean it's such an interesting thing because i feel like um you know also really has like a super unique personality and like likes it, but i see so much of myself and so much of matt in them you know like and so it's like really exciting when like when they liked like big top peewee and like we're like but you know now it's just like yeah peewee like i don't know and, and like i mean a very sensitive kid so they're you know a lot i mean i think too like the movies i watched like how much like stand by me when i was like five you know and loved it and was like this movie rules i saw it so many times and it's like you know but also as the youngest of five kids so i was just gonna mm. like i saw like freddy krueger movies and mm. you know yeah. like when i was like super little um and i shouldn't have you know i saw the shining when i was like eight like shouldn't have i loved it though <laughs> you know but but i think it like else is so kind of innocent and yeah. that like you know we watch sleeping beauty all the time um but like have to fast forward through maleficent because like maleficent but like maleficent is like legit scary and that mm. makes me like as a writer too, of just like be more sensitive, like, Oh, like, you know, obviously I don't write stuff for kids, but you know, like, it's just like, wow. Like looking at like, they really like purposely made this character like so scary. And like, she calls upon like the demons of hell. Right. And it's just like, what, you know, and that never, you know, like I, you know, watched that movie. I liked it when I was a kid. I thought she was scary. It didn't really, yeah, think about it but now it's just like oh my god like and like the disney movies i mean there's a lot of like problematic things like sure. that that like mel gibson is um john smith and pocahontas i thought you were gonna bring up like the crows and dumbo but no you jump <laughs> although that's that well that's like yeah. you know that's like extra horrible um yeah and that's but i mean but even but it's like Pocahontas is more shocking, I think, because that's the 90s and that's them trying to be inclusive, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Of like, and, but it's like, but we still, you know, it's like, at, at least it's not another like white. I mean, now I feel like it's so much better, like the Moana and, you know, like, yeah. Now things actually are inclusive and like, but yeah, it's just like all those. And I'm glad, I mean, I'm glad that Elster doesn't gravitate towards like violent, scary stuff because, you know, that's good. (laughs) If if I'm allowed to bring my uncle perspective to this uh, conversation, because we've had that with my, I'd point, my nephew is actually visiting us right now. um, And so we've been able to show him a lot of movies over over the years. And there are movies, like, it's amazing how much in like the late 80s and early 90s, the the F slur got like tossed around just like... Like, oh, I'm sure he'll love Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure right. or Teen Wolf. Yeah. And yeah, he, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure is still a great movie, except like it's 
crazy that they just like say the 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 three letter version of the of the f, f slur it's in yeah styles says it in, in teen wolf mm-hmm. um yeah it that, seems that like stuff. styles yeah he seems like yeah. he's, he's an unpredictable that. character yeah <laughs> um uh yeah so that that's always very troubling having to be like ooh, like sort of like i don't know i guess he's old enough that he has his own opinions and is, you know, he, he knows that he already knows that that's a bad word, but I do feel like when you're when we were watching something with him when he was young and something like troubling or, you know, outdated or, or, or problematic would happen, I would find myself like having a big reaction against it to make sure that he knew that but that was like, how yeah, I felt yeah, about that's it. That's not okay. Yeah, will, yeah. Yeah. I feel like it's such a thing of like, well, I don't want to make such a big deal out of it because I don't want um, Alter to then be like, wait, what? You know, because like, sure, right. there's some like concepts that are just like too difficult to like completely explain at this age, right? At six. But then I also, I have to like make sure that like, oh, that's not, that's not okay. Like, people used to be different and like you know i mean obviously like having like conversations about racism is is tough but you know like people like kids of color like if they can deal with people being racist towards them like i can deal with talking to my blonde right, yeah. kid about racism um and you know and they go to public school and like you know they're like one of the only white kids and i'm really grateful it's like that they're around a lot of diversity but yeah, it's like so much, so much stuff is like so racist and homophobic and like, and yeah, it's the stuff that I, that I loved, you know, all the comedies, like it's mm, just like, or yeah. it's misogynistic, you know, which like, I mean, that's just the thing of like, how did I not know? This? Yeah. <laughs> like, how? Yeah. You know, yeah. like just think about stuff like Revenge of the Nerds. Which is oh, like, good like, lord! Like a good lord. woman, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. And like, I saw that when I was also too young to see that. But I was probably like ten or eleven. Like, that movie's so funny, you know? Like, um, or like, like I love like Better Off Dead as a kid. Great movie. What about suicide? <laughs> you know? Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah I, I, I was. Um, how old would I have been? I guess when Goldeneye came out, I would have been like twelve going on Probably. 13 yeah 13 and like um there was you know they re reissued all the like old mm-hmm. james bond movies on on vhs and i like was like i'm gonna get into james bond and it's like yeah it's uh watching the sean connery james bond movies now and him like you know slapping women and uh you know essentially uh uh which uh who's the who's the bond uh gal in uh in goldfinger uh, is that I can't remember which one that is, but he essentially rapes her. Yeah, uh, yeah, she's like she's like a villain, and then he like forces her to have sex in a barn, and then she becomes good. Well, yeah, <laughs> it's that's cr- it's crazy that they're, they're a villain, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> but he it like made have, her, yeah. No, he just gave her like his magic. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, exactly. Yeah, that's, that's yeah. We shouldn't <laughs> be laughing, but yeah, it's one of those things. Like uh, it's happened. Even even in the 80s, and I don't want to, you know, uh, this this could be another episode. And frankly, I'm fine with it being that uh, at some point. But um, even in the 80s, was it? I think it was I think it was Pale Rider, the the Clint Eastwood film 
where I think he there's like a, a, a woman who's like giving him some sass and he essentially like drags her into our hero, like right. drags her into a barn and like rapes her. And, you know, she it's like it's not framed that way. It's it's framed as if like not, it's not framed as romantic either. It's framed as like. Right. Like he's giving her a talking to, except yeah. it's this. And mm. then, uh, you know, she shapes up after that. That's and that's, so you know, cool. the, that's as late yeah. as the 80s. So, and it's tough because the rest of that movie is so good. Uh, and then that happens. You're like, geez. <laughs> I mean, that's, rough. that's a weird thing. And yeah, and that actually, like, something I would really like to do at some point would be like a hindsight podcast where it's like a movie that you loved you know and then watch yeah. it now through like a lens of everything you know like everything that's changed and just being like oh my god like and if it if it's held up if it's still good and also if it's like just too offensive you know now yeah. or like um but yeah that is a different thing yeah but, but kind of but as parents it's like you know like what what do we choose to be like this is something i loved you know and yeah. i want to show it to you and like and and yeah, like you were saying earlier, like I kind of thought like, oh, I'm going to be like a cool parent. And like when Alistair was like a little kid, like when I, I mean, it's still a little kid, but when Alistair was like three, we went like to, you know, took him to see like Jack White and I was like, loved it, you know? And like, it was just, yeah, like cool. You know, there's like print shirts and <laughs> now it's just like, I like lullabies. I like Disney movie music and yeah. that is it. And it's like, that's great. You know, like, that's so sweet. And I'm glad, um, like that, but I, I thought I'd be like my, my best friend has a, has a daughter, like the exact same age as Alistair, which is crazy. And that's their only kid too, but, um, they live in Texas and like, you know, she just took her daughter to see bikini kill. She's like, you guys got to come. And and like, if Alistair was at a bikini kill concert, Alistair would just cry. <laughs> like, what is this? Why are these ladies yelling? Like, no, like, what is going on? You know, I'm like, so it's like, yeah, I mean, maybe when they're older, they'll be into stuff like that. But right now. That the idea that you mentioned of like not showing your kid uh, stuff that's like violent is definitely something that has resonated with me a little bit because we, we avoid like any kind of screen time at all uh, until recently. And we watch one old episode of Mr. Rogers a day. Um, and I definitely have a greater appreciation for Mr. Rogers. Like I grew up watching Mr. Rogers yeah. and I liked, and I liked it, but you watch it now as an adult and you're as like, man, it is astonishing. He like, he just, instinctively and i know he was a father himself but like he just instinctively knew the sweet spot mm -hmm. to not talk down to kids but not but understanding they're not adults either yeah like it's just i, I it's astonishing and almost like as you can go back and watch like old old episodes yeah, and, and like from the jump he knew exactly how to do this mm -hmm. and i it's just astonishing and i and i respect it so much and it's one of those things like for the most part we still don't like the idea of showing them too much or, or, or putting screens in front of them, but it's like, we're okay with this because it's, it's a show that is so calming and for them and, and doesn't get them, you know, riled up and, and that sort of thing. And so it's like, okay, this, this, I think we're okay with for a while. I'm not necessarily opposed to, you know, maybe at some point 
when they're older showing like, I don't know, old episodes of GI Joe or something like that. But uh, you know, it's, but it's definitely one of those things like leading off with movies and, and TV that emphasizes like understanding your own feelings, being able to express them in a good way and, and not judging yourself and not judging others. Mm -hmm. And it's just like, it's all there. And like, there is, you know, for a while, Mr. Rogers was like once a week and then it became every day. And when it became every day, they would eventually, they would devote like every episode in one week to one topic, but they wouldn't do it exclusively where the entire episode is about that. They just kind of touch on it mm. consistently throughout that week. Like the, we just finished one where they were talking about divorce, but it's not like every, you know, each episode is 30 minutes and there are probably about seven minutes devoted to that topic in each one, just so that they can kind of return to it talk about it a little bit, knowing that they're going to talk more about it tomorrow. And then they move away from it and get into things that are, that are more fun. Mm -hmm. And just the idea that like, yes, the fun, you know, the world of make-believe, but also this other situation, like we can hold them on, in our heads at the same time yeah. and without having to necessarily uh, focus on the stuff that's only fun or the stuff that's only serious. Yeah. And I just, I have such a, just watching it with them, I just have such a such a respect for that, and I really want to try to embrace that where I can in the stuff that we watch later. And yeah, I'm I'm fine with showing them like Disney movies and and that sort of thing uh, eventually. But for a while, while they're still developing, and of course they're always developing, but like while they're in the early stages, I definitely want this tone. Yeah, in the, in their lives. Yeah, we're because I don't know if they're getting it from me to be honest with you. Yeah, no, I mean like. <laughs> like when when Alistair was like a you know baby and and toddler it was like only PBS kids only you know and like because I feel like well Mr. Rogers it's amazing how like he's not a child he wasn't a child psychologist he didn't like he was so far beyond like where people are now yeah like like in child psychology and like now like shows like Sesame Street and stuff like are developed with people like when they talk about issues it's like bedded you know and yeah. like how do we approach these and that mr rogers like was able to just like instinctively know is is yeah. so amazing and so cool and like i'm so grateful for that and yeah i watched it as a kid too and it's the thing where you're like oh our kids are gonna like this our kids still gonna connect and it's like they do like yes, they 100 percent. and the weird thing is like alistair never really liked daniel tiger which the 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 Daniel Tiger's Neighborhood show, not Daniel yeah. Tiger on Mr. Rogers, um, and, but but it's it's and it's very much in the you know it's a very sweet show and like it's fine you know but it's not it's not Mr. Like it's like yeah. you know it, it it's a good show for kids but like yeah so never really connected with that but really you know like but liked Mr. Rogers as a little kid and that like little kids connect to this like gray haired man is yeah. so neat. And I, and I think it's just such a, and it, and it can provide a bit of a template for, for, for me as a parent, which is like, okay, what tone is he using? Yeah. What kind of words are, are he, is he using? And like, and also just this idea, like, I think, you know, you, you mentioned like, he's just instinctively understands. And I do think that, it comes out of just an inherent curiosity mm 
not merely fascination, but like an inherent curiosity about kids. And the more curious you are about them, the more you'll recognize that like, yes, they are kids. And yes, they, they don't think the way adults do, but they are still little human beings who are still, who do still have reactions to things Yeah, and helping them to understand that. And also helping and also trying to understand why you as an adult have reactions to things. He just, but I think there's that curiosity that, uh, that allows him to meet kids where they are at. Mm -hmm. And, and I feel like there aren't that many, I don't know, this is, this is another thing, although this is something that David and I have been saying for a long time, even before, you know, long before I was a parent, which is like, there, there are so many like animated movies that are for families, but they don't actually like bring the two elements together. You saw, something like Finding Nemo, I'm totally on board with because I think that's something that both adults and kids can enjoy. And the film is not necessarily making a concession for one or the other. It's it's yeah. completely watchable as opposed to something like Shrek, which is like, you know, very well animated, but it has like, it steps outside of the story to have sort of these sort of these adult jokes. And it's almost like, it feels almost condescending, which is like, Hey, look, we know as adults, we're not going to get anything out of this shit. So here's a little something for you. Okay. Back to this. Like there's just an inherent condescension in it that I've, I've never really responded to. Yeah. Even even when the jokes were kind of amusing, I still was like, I don't like that. I'm laughing at this. Yeah. I've, I've always felt the same way too. And like, I, stuff like it's like Shrek, like, yeah. the minions like all that stuff like uh like alistair's dentist like they will show a movie you know mm-hmm. and like the very first time i went to the dentist the lady was like do you want to watch a movie and i was just like yeah and it was like minions and was just like, yeah with this or whatever and she's like do you want to watch this and then he's like mm-hmm. and then like was like getting like dental work done and was like like did not like i, I could tell like did not like it and i was like can you can you change it? <laughs> 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 like, just change it to like Sleeping Beauty, please, because like this is like freaking my kid out, and like I'm so glad they don't like it because the, yeah, it's very condescending to kids, and it's like gross. Like I think like like Pixar movies, I think are kind of actually great, like mm-hmm. for everybody, and you know I wasn't like one of those like adults that saw like all the Pixar movies before I had a kid, but I like saw like Wally in the theater and was like, this is legit, very good movie. Um, but now I appreciate them so much more because it's like, oh God, they are good movies. And there's jokes that only adults will get, but sure. it's because they're references. It's not because they're like dirty, you know, it's right. like making like reference to something that someone of a different generation would know and a kid wouldn't. Right. I, I mean, that's fine. And like, and then that's cool. That's like a thing of like, oh, there's layers to this. Right. But just having like some like winky, like sex joke and a kid's like, it's yeah. just like gross. And like, and it's just lame. <laughs> yeah. Just like, oh, you really snuck that one in there. Like gross. You go back and, and watch <laughs> like the original, like the the animated, sorry. Cause the new one's animated too, but like the, the uh, 2d animated nineties uh, lion King mm-hmm. there's, there's a, a line that is directly referencing reversal of fortune that, that, uh, that Jeremy Irons won an Oscar for in 1990. <laughs> right. I, you know, awesome. I didn't know that That's when awesome. I was a kid, but it, it works in the context of, it still works in the context of the film. Yeah. And only when you're 
and adults seeing it were like, hey, that's like reversal of fortune. But that's not a movie people talk about anymore, except me. Um, and so like it's one it's one of those things like I guarantee uh, I've, I've certainly I've sh- I've recommended the movie to people and I've had people be like, hey, that uh, you have no idea line. That's that's in The Lion King, right? So, yes, it is. And it was from this first like, huh. I had no idea. It's like, yeah, of course not. And, and that, that's okay. And that's okay. It's, it's a little something for, for adults who've seen reversal of fortune, which right. I guess a lot of adults had, um, but the kids can still enjoy that moment. Yeah. Um, yeah. The, uh, a few years ago, there was, this was not a good movie. There was the ugly dolls movie, which I saw and, and, and reviewed, but uh, that it had some climate, delicious, uh, some delicious uh, product tie-ins. I got yeah, the cold stone creamery sherbet yeah. that we uh, had on the Patreon. Um, uh, patreon.com slash battleship retention thank you uh this week you can hear us uh eat the primal angus burger from carlos jr the jurassic world dominion tie-in anyway, by far uh, the best part of jurassic uh, world dominion <laughs> Good Lord. um ugly dolls the 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 big finale has a part where the 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 villain once he's been beaten starts begging and says over and over again Look into your heart. Yeah. Which is a Miller's Crossing reference. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, so, like, I was like an hour and 28 minutes into this movie, and I was like mostly just like glazed over from how, how bad it sucked. But at least the Miller's Crossing reference and Ugly yeah, Dolls, cool. it woke that's, me yeah. back up. <laughs> yeah. Stuff like that is funny. And I, I mean, I feel like so, I mean, obviously, like, I feel like there's, there's a total difference. Like, the people that write like Pixar movies, like the people that wrote like, uh, soul like they're like they care very very much about the product and like mm-hmm. this is like they're writing something they love um not to well whatever like the people that write Shrek and stuff like that's a money gig right like and they're mm-hmm. probably talented people and it's like a room full of a ton of people and it gets like rewritten and then people like pitch jokes and they're just like oh cool and so I can kind of get why it's just like oh slide down past like because yeah you know like but then I mean it's just such a weird thing because I feel like people like content for kids. I hate the word content. Um, Cause there's like that bullshit, like YouTube, like child influencers. And that's a whole thing of just like, Esther's not allowed to watch YouTube, like and not kids, YouTube, not Cause it's just like regular YouTube too, way too creepy, but like kids, YouTube, just like, so commercial so like making children the products like there's this kid like ryan who has like ryan's world and like it's just like a youtube kid whose family whatever like they're all on the show and they do like yeah. and it's so gross and like there's a whole section of target of like ryan's world stuff and i'm just like please do not get into ryan's world and they're not so i'm, I'm glad because they're not allowed to watch ryan's world so i don't know it exists other than it's something yeah. to target <laughs> Like, but like just like like i feel like there's like that end of like children's entertainment now which is terrible and worse than anything in the past in a lot of ways but i feel like the kind of quality children's entertainment like even and i'm not like a i'm not like a disney person like it's fine but like you know like they're like adults that go to disneyland all the time and stuff and it's like i've just never been one of those like it's fine like we just took alistair to disneyland it was awesome but it was Mm. like you know, like, and I like, I've been to Disneyland as an adult and have fun, but I'm going to spend $200 on something else. <laughs> like, yeah. No, like I'd rather go like stay at a nice hotel or something. Yeah. Um, but 
like I, I've noticed like the quality of Disney movies, like like they're they're better. Like they're just better storytelling. Like Frozen Two is like it's a good movie. Like the the like mythology is really good. And I you know I like like the they took like the Hans Christian Andersen Ice Queen material and like Frozen and that that you know the Ice Queen was the villain and it's that where that whole trope comes from as you know that story of this woman who lives in a castle of ice and turns everything to ice and her heart is ice and that they like when developing that originally were going to like adapt it like true to the Ice Queen and she was going to be a villain and then they, they turned it around and like made that character like a you know a hero and made like the true love in that is the love of two sisters and not mm. the like true love of like a man which like is so like every disney movie it's like cinderella like like all you do is just clean all your life and then get married and now you're great <laughs> like that's like <laughs> you don't even know this guy like it's so weird and they're like and all the old ones they're like 16 you know and they're like i'm yeah. 16 today daddy now i'm gonna marry this man and but like you know that like frozen and before it because like you know frozen came out before all star was born and i was like oh that movie's so annoying that's not they're so annoying like i hate it <laughs> um, <laughs> now i'm like oh i'm so grateful like it's like actually and the first one's good the second one's really good like i did not care for the first one but i i had heard from people who knew i didn't like it uh that the second one is worth watching and i still haven't watched it but uh but yeah i had heard that it was that the second one was just uh, a pretty solid film um but the first one i i liked it because it's it's like yeah we don't see much from siblings very much that i liked mm -hmm. but it was one of those things like like sort of setting up the idea of oh this romantic relationship is what will be really fulfilling uh and then it's like oh no it's actually going to be this other thing and i almost wish they had done that without then making the prince a villain yeah yeah and just yeah, like, yeah. oh they could have just kept him he's just like a good guy but not what she actually needs but i recognize that's kind of a nuanced thing and yeah. it might it might upset maybe kids who are viewing it and they might think like well wait a minute what couldn't she possibly have both which is true i guess she probably could yeah but but the idea of of like yeah this might this might hurt him to step away from him but that's what this our main character needs and yeah. that's something that we understand as adults so like i i get i get torn on like you can do this without doing this other thing but that's an adult sensibility that's an adult sensibility and i feel yeah. like and it's actually interesting cousin frozen too there's not like such nuance like there's a lot more nuance it's not as like mm. this is a villain and this is like there's not like because all children's movies and that's a really strange thing like of just like villains like just like there are bad people in the world yeah. because like you know, I'm trying to teach Alistair that like there are people that are different from us and like value different things. It doesn't mean they're bad people, you know, like, I mean, obviously there are some bad people, you right. know, like be careful and not like, you know, just people like, but you know, like, but like be open-minded, be open-hearted, like things aren't so black and white, but when it is like, Maleficent is coming from hell and I have no idea why she wants to like go yeah. sleeping beauty. Like why? Like there's no no motivation. <laughs> At least most of them it's like she's my stepdaughter and she's too pretty, so I'm going to kill her. <laughs> like I remember, uh Roger Ebert 
had a very specific um, uh, sort. I'd say more than a pet peeve about Disney in the late 80s, early mm-hmm. 90s. He commented that like, whether it be uh, like Little Mermaid and then Rescuers Down Under and Aladdin, he said like, you'll notice that every villain has like gray skin and our main characters like are, are nicely tanned and stuff. And so, Mm -hmm. but it's like, it'd be one thing if they were just like pale, but they have gray skin. Like it is a, it, it does in its own way. Like, even though in life, we're not likely to run across someone with truly gray skin, it still like gets, it gets kids thinking about, Oh, this person looks different. Yeah. Yeah. And they're, and they're the villain, you know? Um, Mm. And I remember, and, you know, I saw Dick Tracy when I was in 1990 and even at age eight, and I've said on this podcast, like, I just, as a kid, wasn't thinking expressionistically, unsurprisingly, Um, that like (laughs) these villains, you know, like flat top and prune face, like, oh, they're bad guys. And I, and even at eight, I thought like, well, maybe they're bad guys because nobody would, would hire them because they look like this. And this was their only option. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I yeah. probably didn't phrase it exactly like that, but I did have that thought. And similarly, and I actually incorporated this into it. I, I teach like, <laughs> which is, it's, it's ridiculous on its face. I teach a diversity in cinema class. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, I didn't ask for it because I feel like I never would. It's like, not only am I white, straight and male, but I'd say I'm aggressively all of them, uh, <laughs> except, except, except the male thing. And I even embrace it by having like a super generic last name, but, um, <laughs> but you know, when they kind of told me like, well, here's, here's sort of the, the, the stuff that we'll be talking about is, you know, we'll be talking about like depictions of different groups and, and we'll be talking about like the idea of coding. And I was like, the first step, like the first movie I'm going to show is the original Lion King because so much of it, it's the kind of thing that like we all watch. And, and, and I also say like, there's nothing wrong with liking the Lion King. It's fun, but just recognize that like, it's a movie that's, that essentially says Simba, we're all connected in the great circle of life, but don't you trust those fucking hyenas. And like it, that's essentially what it is. Mm -hmm. Every, every species is given something noble. Mm-hmm. or something positive but there's not a shred of redemption uh, uh redemptiveness uh in the hyenas it really is a situation where they live out there mm-hmm. and if we bring them in here it's they'll ruin everything and yeah. it's like wow that could be a stand-in for all kinds of things okay. uh and then it's and who brings them in but the uh the effeminate coded gay villain um right. so like so there's a lot to talk about uh, in that. And uh, again, like we've, we've kind of gone far afield, but when talking about like being a parent, you become so conscious of what you're going to let the, your kids watch. And it's this idea. It's like, yeah, I'm probably going to let them watch Dumbo. And like when I was a kid, I, I, I loved the crows. I didn't see them as negative in any, really right. in any way. So it's like, okay, so that's, that's okay. And I probably am not going to try to explain the notion of coding to uh, my my five-year-old boys, but as we get old, as they get older, it's like, okay, so maybe this is something I can explain to them similar to. Yeah. I was just thinking that when you were talking about Lion King of the idea of like the kid 
would have to be familiar with negative gay stereotypes before right. they were able yeah. to process scar as being a negative gay stereotype. Right. Yeah. And it's, and it's, it's tough because like a lot of the elements of coding, especially with, with like sexuality is it, it, it there are instances where you, it's like, I don't think the writers even fully knew what they were doing. It's yeah. more just that, that certain elements, especially when you get into movies for kids where all characters, positive or negative, tend to get boiled down to some very basic standard traits that we've seen in movies before. And then you realize like, oh, yes, but a lot of these traits that we've seen in movies before are trading on stereotype mm-hmm. and that mm-hmm. sort of thing. So well, like Ursula in Little oh, Mermaid, sure. she's like straight up based on divine. Oh, 100 um, percent. Yeah. Yeah. Which is. Which is pretty cool, like that, like yeah. that. And she's an awesome character. She's an uh, awesome yeah. character. I know, and it's like yeah. she is. She's badass. Like, yeah. I love her and her song in that movie is like right. the only good part of the movie. You know, like the rest <laughs> of the movie is just like okay. Um, but uh, and like I love that movie when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. You know, I was like all about it. Like now, and it's like I was really, first movie like, I ever saw twice in the theater. Really, Little Mermaid. Yeah, I saw. And this is crazy because I was like nine. I saw Beauty and the Beast in the theater with my friend, just me and my friend. When I was 10, maybe like 20 times because it like played at the Dollar Theater downtown. <laughs> oh, and I was like, I'm from a small town. So, but whatever, like my mom would just like drop us off at the movie theater and we'd go and watch Beauty and the Beast because it was there for like a year. All like every single weekend we saw Beauty. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's the it. first animated movie to be uh, nominated for Best Picture. No, it's a, no. that movie has great music like yeah. and the, the live action and that's the thing where i'm like the live action um disney movies other than aladdin um like because it's just like will smith but but even that like there's like nasim padrad like there's you know they, they mm-hmm. like there's funny elements to it um uh but i'm not a big aladdin fan to begin with you know like right. the original one is just like and there's like yeah and i love robin williams but like obviously like robin williams had a lot of like gay like you know like oh sure where like genie turns into a you know a gay waiter or whatever there's so much of that or like um and i feel like in the 90s like those movies it's almost worse like you think the beast there's not a lot of that but there's just weird like lumiere and like the um duster like no 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 you know it's just like why like why put that in there well and that's that just comes down it's like well he's french you know how the french (laughs) are (laughs) you know how the french people are like and i'm i mean i'm very like i have we have a a feud in our on our home of that like matt like loves looney tunes and i hate looney tunes i'm like oh you hated looney tunes i'm sorry no people I, i love looney tunes and my wife is indifferent I people have been like really mad at me, like like animators and stuff who like when I said I don't like, but it's just like there's too much, and I understand that there's some like really brilliant things that happen in Looney Tunes, but there's just like so much racism and just so much violence, like yeah, it's just so violent, and like like now Alistair plays video games and really likes um, Kirby, like the Kirby games. We've got a Switch at Christmas, and yeah, Kirby games are really fun, but like. Kirby has bombs and it says bombs and it's like gotta understand that like okay like in this game like the characters you know you make them like disappear but then they come back because it's a game and it's not real right. but in real life mm-hmm. if somebody is like bombs are a real thing that like kill people and they're like you, you know we're just starting to like 
because you have to understand that like that's not a funny thing and when i mean seeing mm-hmm. looney tunes at like age like two or three it was just like bombs like i know what tnt like you know bombs yeah. are acne like in in real life, if you shoot a duck in the face with a shotgun, its bill doesn't just yeah. spin yeah, around its head. And that's, yeah. and that's insane. And it's so like I can appreciate. I think I've actually gotten a whole thing where like adult cartoons kind of bug me now. Like I love I love like King of the Hills, like one of my favorite shows ever. And I don't, that's not like dirty or anything like. But and I love Bob's Burgers. But there's just like a lot like Adult Swim stuff now that like that I used to like and think was really funny. And now I'm just like, and I understand it's subversive and it's supposed to be subversive to have like adult cartoons. <laughs> but there's just this part of me that's like, oh, but my kid, if if they're, if I'm not, if I'm not right with them in the room and you know, they know how to work their remote control, they know, I mean, you know, like, and flips on like, and sees like South Park, they're gonna think it's, it's like a card. Actually, I think they probably would be like, this is dumb. <laughs> Like, yeah, no, that one in particular like, because the way it's animated, I can see. Yeah, it which like, is probably just like, eh. yeah. But yeah, probably not going to get sucked into Tom goes to the mayor. That's, <laughs> that's <laughs> no, uh, and it's like it's all that. Like, I mean, yeah, like I'm not, but it's just like a weird thing where I used to like have no problem with it and and like like a lot of that stuff and not like, or or like I would say probably what bothers me the most is stuff like like Family Guy, like because it's like it looks like it's a kids show and then it's like just, sure. Like, a bunch of like sex jokes and like yeah. gay jokes and whatever. It's just like, I mean, obviously don't show that to a kid, but right. if they accidentally saw it or like mm-hmm. how Cartoon Network, we, we don't even really watch cartoons. We don't watch Cartoon Network, but, but we did. <laughs> like Cartoon Network like turns into adults, you know, and like, and you know, it's what's interesting. Um, and I, I know we probably should start really wrapping up, should. but I'm sorry. Uh, no, <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. Uh, it's that's fine because I still have like one or two more things to get to get to but something that not merely as a parent but also I've started teaching now for the most part I teach college classes but for a couple years I taught uh an after school program for for uh, middle schoolers oh cool um and so when you do that, you have to go through like all kinds of, of uh, training and that kind of thing. And, you know, you're a mandated reporter and stuff like that. Um, and one of the things that I learned that I thought was so fascinating uh, and it got me thinking about the importance of media literacy um, in adults, certainly, but also the realization it's like sort of like what we're talking about with coding, but even on a more basic level, there are just certain things that like, you know, that a kid, maybe not a young kid, but even, even like a kid under 16, you know, that a kid is going to watch a certain thing, mm-hmm. but you're not making it with that in mind. Mm-hmm. For example, 13 reasons why, which I know is based on a book, but that was, that was a very popular miniseries with younger kids, mm-hmm. like even though it's, you know, as a great deal of profanity, it's like, oh, I think they understand probably rightfully that like, hey, by the time you get to middle school, you're hearing a lot of stuff. So yeah. it, that's fine. But, you know, all my middle schoolers had seen it. And I talked with like the, the counselor at, at one of my middle schools. And she said, oh, this, this show is dangerous. Suicides amongst kids of a certain age went mm-hmm. up like when immediately like it was measurable when that show got popular and and i said oh my gosh why and she said uh 
And, and what she didn't realize is that she was talking about the concept of media literacy, but she was saying like, because the, the show starts with the girl killing herself, but because she's left these tapes, it's like, she's not gone. Mm -hmm. It's like, she's there to see how killing herself made other people feel bad. She's there to witness it, even uh. though that's not actually true. The fact that she's not absent means that there's no, it, it doesn't, there doesn't seem to be any consequence, any negative consequence to her suicide and kids. Of course they understand what death is, but it's just not registered. Certain things just don't register. So like she's had to say to kids who have said they're suicidal for the purposes of making other people feel bad. She's had to say, it's like, you realize though, that if you do this, you're not going to be around to see these other kids feel bad. You, you're not going to be around for them to apologize to you. And of course, it sounds so simple to us. And it, and it would be simple to a, a young kid as well. But again, it speaks to the power of images and the power of storytelling that, uh, that it's just that it, it acts on this sort of unconscious level. And so you have adults who absolutely understand completely that if you kill yourself, regardless of what this show might be doing, if you kill yourself, you're not around for this, for, for anything. Yeah. Else. But they understand that. And, but either they don't understand that kids are going to watch this or they're not doing the work that a Mr. Rogers would do to understand how a kid might take this. Yeah. And I was, it, it blew my mind uh, and maybe it shouldn't have, but it blew my mind when the, when this person told me that because it's just like, yeah, I mean, it really speaks to, I think a certain, you know, obviously anybody should, should, I'm fine with somebody making any movie or any TV show they want, but at the same time, just on a level of just personal artistic responsibility, just recognizing the audience that will wind up seeing this and yeah. whatever responsibility you mm -hmm. might have to them, especially if they are younger and I mean, they're still, they still haven't developed everything yet. That's the thing. I mean, I think about something like Heather's, which like, sure. I love that movie so much. And um, yeah, it's, it is such a, a great sharp satire. And I don't think that like anybody watching Heather, I mean, somebody might, but you know, is going to like that, that it, it, it satirizes romanticizing suicide instead right. of romanticizing suicide. Right. It's like that, like, you know, big funds, like hit teenage suicide, don't do right. it. And like, um, but like, like, I think I, I watched that a few years ago and I hadn't seen it in a long time. And like, and I, I mean, I love that movie. And like the, the fact that like, he's going to blow up the school though, like the suicide stuff is like, yeah, that's troubling. But, but I feel like they actually do do a good job of like being like, no, don't like, right. you know, really, really <laughs> bad. And they're getting murdered. They're not committing suicide. But like th that. It's just like, well, yeah, because that was, you know, that was pre Columbine. Like, yeah. you know, like, so stuff like that didn't happen. And now school shootings and stuff, it's just like, it's just a weird thing because it's like, you know, there needs to be awareness of violence because it exists. Yeah. Big time. But like also an understanding of like consequences and like, yeah, it's just weird, like making stuff for like 
you know, knowing like when stuff is going to be watched by kids, which is like everything is going to be watched by some. Kids. Sure. Sure. <laughs> you know, I mean, like there's been times where like, you know, someone really young has like recognized Matt and like, it's just like, Oh my God, you shouldn't be watching that show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I mean, and you know, what are you going to do? Like I remember shooting this thing with these kids one time, like, and they were like, Oh, like Suki on True Blood, and I was just like, "Well, they were like seven, and I was just like, <laughs> like your parents are terrible." <laughs> That's when I judge. Like, it's just like, oh, come sure. on, like, what, why, what reason could a seven-year-old have to watch True Blood? Like, it's, that's horrible. Um, but like, yeah, I guess I remember being, being a kid being jealous of the kids whose parents were so permissive. Uh, in retrospect, I'm like. Oh, I'm not, my parents might be a little too strict, but like, I'm not sure that like Predator was okay for a six year old at the same time. Like, yeah. maybe somewhere in between. I yeah. like my parents were uh, like protective, but because I'm the youngest kid, and it was like this weird thing, you know, like the youngest kids are just my older siblings would be watching stuff when I was really little. And then, like, when I was older, like, it was just me and my mom in the house because everyone had gone to college. I mean, that's when I was like a teenager, but. I, like I had a TV in my room and we got stars when like stars, it was like stars encore package. And we didn't have like HBO or anything. But I watched like, midnight cowboy, <laughs> midnight cowboy in my own private Idaho when I was like 10. Oh, wow. Yeah. My, That's an interesting was, double feature. I must well, say. No, not like together. But, oh, like, okay. so I actually watched my own private Idaho because my sister really liked it. And like, okay. she was like a big time river Phoenix fan. And oh. I was too, you know, and like, and I like loved it. And I was like, Oh, this movie's great. And then I watched, um, and like my mom was aware I watched that, which is weird, but my mom was also an English teacher and she was very like, you know, like just she, like, she knew what I could handle and what I couldn't kind yeah. of, you know, yeah. she didn't know I watched Midnight Cowboy later when I told her she was like pretty upset, but like I watched Midnight Cowboy just in my room. I came on like stars. And so I had this, like, I was like male prostitutes are like really cool. <laughs> it's so sad. Like, and there was like, you know, I'd seen like pretty woman and stuff. And I was like, oh, that's it. But it's just like these male prostitutes, like, is it, they're like really struggling. And like, when I grow up, I want to like help them out. <laughs> like, just... There is. Yeah. I, I, I watched Min Midnight Cowboy fairly late, only a few years ago, really. And I knew it was going to be sad. I didn't think I realized it was going to be this sad. So it is a sad. very sad movie. Um, um, but okay. the, uh, that older sibling thing I think about, cause I am the oldest. Okay. Uh, so I didn't, I didn't have that. Meanwhile, my little brother watched taxi driver when he was 10 because I had the VHS and he just like sure. grabbed it. There was, you know, it was available to him where I wouldn't have had any way to watch taxi driver when I was 10, even though I probably wanted to. Right. Uh, it, yeah, that that older sibling thing. Oh no, I saw a, like trauma a... movies, you know, and that was <laughs> stuff that like my brother's gotten, like my brother Brennan, like got like huge trouble for like you know, like showing me, like just like because he just like I was like, babysitting and he's just like watching Toxic Avenger and like also like listening to Guar and like all this stuff where I'm just like <laughs> this little kid who's just like I didn't like it. I was just like this gross, yeah. like shut up. I don't like it, you know. Yeah. Um, Guar is it, one of those bands, I mean, like, by the way. I was gonna say Guar, though. Like now, it almost seems quaint. Like, like yeah, yeah. But I, I guess if you're not getting that, like the the kayfabe, if you're you know if you're nine years old or whatever. Yeah, yeah. I mean, no. Then later, I liked Guar, and now I'm kind of 
I'm kind of indifferent to Guar. Like, actually, my brother and I were gonna go see a Guar show, but then I was like, COVID. Like, I, I, I'm not going to a Guar show. Like, <laughs> until like we're at total. Yeah. Are, yeah. <laughs> How much are you willing to risk for Guar? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that would, and that, like, as a parent of just like, yeah, yeah. I like risk my child's health to see Guar. Like, <laughs> yeah. that's a bad parent. <laughs> um. So uh, the, Tyler, the last, the last thing that I'll okay. mention. Uh, and I, and you know what? I'm reluctant to say this Oh, because it, I think being a, being a parent. And of course it's the kind of thing that I feel like I should have noticed or should have thought about before being a parent, but I didn't. And David, you know, I am a fan of citizen King. Oh yeah. Okay. I'm a big fan of it. I got my tattoo and everything. And I, and, and I do consider it a, a, a pretty perfect film. Mm-hmm. And up until recently, I would say it was a perfect film. But I had this thought that like Charles Foster Kane had a kid. And after his divorce in the, in the newsreel, they say that, both his ex-wife and his kid were killed in a car accident. Mm -hmm. And now from a narrative standpoint, that's extremely convenient because it means we don't have to deal with them as characters anymore. Right. But it seems to me at the very least now, look, Charles Foster Kane, probably not a good father Mm -hmm. at the same time. It is possible to not be a good father and still experience love for, for your child. And I do feel like there should have been either in his performance or in just something in the script from Kane's point of view about the loss of his child, Mm -hmm. because, and it's, and it, it's something, it didn't even occur to me, but it's just like, you know, I think about, I, I tend to think about my life as like, yeah, when I was, when I was 20, my father passed away. And that was 20 years ago now. So I do tend to think of like before and after this, this thing. Yeah. And, you know, and that's a situation. It's like, yeah, I mean, he died young, but not to get like morbid or anything like this, but like your parents are supposed to die before you. Yeah. Yeah. So like he died young, but the order's still right. You're, you are not supposed to outlive your kids. Yeah. And so I think in terms of like, if I'm thinking of a before and after with my own father's death, how much more would that be the case with your child's death, even if you are a fairly negligent father? Yeah. And, and you really, I would say that for the most part, uh, Citizen Kane as a film is, is fairly emotionally cold, but it's still, but the characters themselves still experience emotion. Yeah. But in this instance, I do feel like it might be a mark against the film that that Wells never really does much with uh, the character of Kane's fatherhood. By yeah. this time, Wells, who is only 25, but he himself was a father, by all accounts, not a good father, mm-hmm. but he still had a love for his, his children. And I feel like had he been a little bit more tuned into um, the idea of, of Kane as a fully fledged character, I think there would have been a little bit just at the very least, just like a little nod 
to what he had lost. Yeah. And I don't know. So like it, it's like it it kills me to say anything against Citizen Kane. Um but it's but bad now. You heard it from Tyler. It's Citizen horrible, Kane, bad obviously. movie now. <laughs> yeah. Jaws unwatchable and Kane piece of shit. Well, Jaws um, is just like really sad. Yeah, like, it's, yeah, oh exactly. yeah it's, it's a real downer that Jaws now. Um, but yeah, so so this is an this is a very clear instance. And again, I probably should have realized it before I was a father, but I didn't. It took having kids and recognizing what the abs what their absence would do to me. But then there for me are, to realize this about Citizen Kane. But then there's, I mean, I really think that like there are people that are parents, and I feel like I've kind of jokingly said like, oh, lots of bad parents, and like I don't, you know, it's like people have different sure. methods of parenting and like and whatever. But like I do feel like there are people that have children and probably didn't want to and aren't like and and don't feel the connection like in 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 kane you know is one of those characters i think about a movie like the lost daughter from last year and like Mm -hmm. how i thought it was a really good movie i i love olivia coleman and anything she does i'm just like oh god and i and i also really love jesse buckley yeah and her performance but it's like i cannot relate to that mother like that is not my experience like i and so like seeing it it's just like oh that's gut-wrenching but then it's like i know that there are people and they're not bad people there are women who have kids that just don't feel connected and just don't want that life and have that life and like that's such a that's such a gut-wrenching thing because Mm -hmm. i mean obviously like and it's like a thing that like is very controversial to talk about because like there's so many people that like want to have kids and can't and like you know so when people are parents and don't want to be but it's just like there are some people that just aren't cut out for it and that like you know like and but then our parents you know there's also obviously like people like i have so many friends that i'm like they would be the best parents, <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> I mean, David, you'd be a great parent. You know what I mean? But it's, just, yeah. but, but it's like, people don't want to, and that's totally respect that. And it's like, it's such a thing. And I think, and, and like generationally, Susan Kane, I think that like, there was just that thing of like men completely disregarding their children. Sure. Like, or, or not being tuned into his own feelings and not being sure. expressive. Right. That That is also possible. Yeah. Yeah. Can I, uh, um, Susan, um, are you, have, are you watching or have you watched my brilliant friend on HBO? No, I haven't watched that yet. No. So that's, that's a series that's also like lost daughter based on books uh-huh. by Alana Ferrante. Oh, and in cool. this, in this most recent third season that just ended, the same thing happens. A, a young, a mother abandons her two daughters to go off with another man. The same thing that happened in the lost daughter. Now, Alana Ferrante is like a pseudonym. We don't know who she is, right. uh, but like, it's got me <laughs> wondering, like, is this something that, is this something that she did? Yeah, or like, it's, like, why does this keep coming up in her work? But uh, anyway, <laughs> yeah. my, my brilliant friend is great, by the way. Yeah, yeah I, I've heard really good things. Um, but no, it is such a, because it's like, if a man, if a, if a male character abandons his children, it's like, he's a bad, he's, he's a bad dude, but he can be redeemable, right? It's like, because I feel like that's so much in life. Like, you'll meet people who, you know, like, Oh, I had a kid when I was 
22 and you know but i was still partying but now she's 22 and she's real cool you know like of dudes who are uh-huh. like we're like deadbeat dads but like got their shit together and have like another family or whatever they're <laughs> like good dads to them like but i feel like if women do that it's just like unforgivable and it's just like it's like just so it's like i mean and so i think it's so good to like portray that and portray that in a human yeah, way makes for good drama it makes for really good drama and it's like but it's like and some people are just cold you know and like to me that's weird to me that's like to ever pick a dude over your kids would be nuts right but like but that's me i don't know you know you i'm know, a better I, person just kidding. <laughs> i will say uh one thing that i i feel like in the last i mean at this point probably 30 or 40 years uh there has been a shift in regards to like male characters and their relationship to work versus family. Yeah. And it is this idea of if you're a dad and you find your identity, even vaguely in work, you're a bad dad. Right. Like, and you're a bad husband. Mm -hmm. And so I do think that, so I I think there's also, it allows for a potential redemptive arc, but you know, I do think that there's, there's this, this, idea that like family should be everything right and there's a line god help me there's a line in the movie hook and of course being a dad has helped me to understand a lot of spielberg's work mm-hmm. because he he deals with father issues all over the place yeah but there's a a line in hook where whew, i it, it in retrospect it gets me not a good movie but where <laughs> captain hook is talking to peter pan and he says you and he says, you know, this is all a dream, right? Tomorrow you'll wake up and you'll be Peter Banning, a, a, a something, something year old man who drinks too much and runs and hides from his wife and children. I am. Mm. I've been talking about this in therapy, by the way. Um, God. I know the drill with my work. And because of that, I find my work tremendously comforting. I don't know what to expect with my kids. Because just when you kind of have it worked out, they change. Mm-hmm. And so while I absolutely adore my kids and I, you know, if, if push comes to shove, I'd say I like them more than my work, but I definitely understand <laughs> the idea of work being a refuge. Um, and so that line runs and hides from his wife and children. It's something that I never understood when I was younger, certainly when I was nine and saw the movie, but I never really understood. And now I, I tend to feel uh, a certain degree of, of guilt just by the, I don't think that I run and hide from my wife and children, but just emotionally, I know that like, sometimes I like I go to work and I feel like, ah, okay. I know what I'm lecturing about. I know what I'm doing. Here we go. And now, and and so that idea of running and hiding, and work becoming a priority because it's what you know, yeah, and where and how you and where you feel confident that really speaks to me, and that really gets to me, and and so I do feel like, uh, and and as a result, because of what I think movies have been saying, it, increasingly for the last uh, few decades, trying to move away from the Don Draper type into mm-hmm. like a man who's more engaged with his family, I definitely feel very guilty uh, when I when I take comfort in work. Well, I, I mean, try 
no offense, but like try being a woman, like, oh, because I mean, no, it, and, and obviously it's like so much like the guilt of just like, cause right now, like Astrid's out of school and there's a couple of projects that I'm working on. And so it's like, I will be out here in the trailer and like, you know, Matt and Alistair are inside and, and it's, and I feel so bad, but it's like, but my husband was just gone for a month, you know? Yeah. And yeah. like, uh, so it's like, I shouldn't feel guilty. Right. Yeah. And like, and he's great. Like he's totally like wants to hang out all, with Alistair all the time. And there's nothing like that. There's no guilt from him, but it's like this weird societal like thing of like, I remember when Alistair was a baby, when Alistair was like three months old or four months old, they went and got a haircut. It was like the first haircut I've gotten. And I was like, yeah, like I, I have like a, a four month old, you know, and she was like, oh, and she said to be away from your baby. <sighs> and I was like, um, have you ever had a, baby? a haircut? Like, <laughs> yeah. this is like, this is like an hour. Like, what are you talking? Yeah. Like, and then she made me feel like shit. Like, just like, you yeah. know, like, and I don't think she meant to, but then I was like, what well, should I be like? Exactly. Oh, absolutely. All, all the time. Cause I was with baby all the time, you know? And like, and I remember, like, like Matt went and did, like, a, a stand-up gig at a college, like, when Alistair was, like, two weeks old. And, like, a friend came and stayed with us and stuff so that he could go or stay with me and Alistair. And I was, like, so when you told people that you had a baby, like, what, what did they say? And he was just, like, oh, like, they didn't really ask me about it. <laughs> yeah, oh, sure, absolutely. Um, and... <laughs> There and you know, I, I uh, listeners know, and, and we were talking about it that uh, Jen and I took this two week trip to Africa that like has been her lifelong dream. Um, and we planned it out before, yeah, the kids came along and before we even knew that that was on the table. Um, and it's like, well, we're gonna keep doing this. And and she herself started to both of us were like, I don't know, that's a long time to be away from the kids. Like, we'll both miss them a lot. And then there are a lot of people who said, like, oh wow, I could never do that. And and me being who I am, which is someone who takes umbrage at almost everything, um, <laughs> internally it's like, why could you? Why could you never do that? Because you're a better yeah, person. Because yeah. yeah, you're a better yeah, parent. Yeah. Is that what you're saying <laughs> right. to me? Uh, I didn't say that. I just no, but it, kept it, it and inside, that's like, you know. And the person certainly didn't mean that. Of course not. But uh, but yeah, like, don't you miss them? I could never be away from them. Whatever it is. But I feel like that, like <laughs> denying your own needs i mean that's a whole other thing too of like that you're still like i felt this like weird guilt for having like written horror movies and acted in horror movies and stuff Mm. and like and let and enjoying horror movies and and i don't think i don't i'm not like a heart like i don't think you know like that's not like my thing (laughs) whatever right but i you know i enjoy horror and and obviously you have a documentary kind of about yeah like Mm. the um the redemptive qualities of horror, but like on a very like surface level, because like I went and shot this one independent movie when um, uh, I trapped the devil when Alice was like a baby and Alice was like six months old. And at the time of shooting it, I was just like, whatever, <laughs> you know, like whatever. It was, yeah. it was, it was very cold um, <laughs> when we shot. Uh, but then when it came out, I was like, you know, like six months later, I was like, oh, again, well, so good movie and stuff. Like, and and it's not. Yeah you know like but i i was like is this like bad like is this like i felt like is this like wrong that i'm like making this like devil and it's not it's not like pro devil (laughs) 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 right but like 
but, but it's I like, trapped like, the devil, and here's why that was wrong. <laughs> yeah, and the, who was really cool. But like, I trapped the devil, talked to him, and you know what? He's making a lot of sense oh, to me. But like, I handled a gun in it, you know, and at yeah. the, and, you know, shoot it. And at the time, I was just like, whatever, look at Like, you know, yeah. the weapons dude was like, blah, 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 blah. And I was like, okay, cool. Like, I don't like guns, but ah, yeah. Um, obviously, sometimes that goes wrong. Sure. But, uh, uh, you know, like now, like there was this, and I, and then I was like, no, that's so stupid. Like, what? Like, it's not for babies. My baby's not going to watch the movie. Right. <laughs> and be like, what? My mom is a gun. You know, like, it's just like, but I felt this like weird guilt. And like, there's something that I'm writing right now that is, is kind of about parenthood and is like a, that a hard satire. And there's this like, but are people going to think I'm a bad person? But it's like, no, like, Cause yeah. you gotta be a person too. Like, yeah, it's, I remember somebody, it, I mean, it's such a, it's such a, a simple uh, analogy, but it worked for me. And they said like on a plane, there's a reason that they say, put your own mask on first yeah. and then put it on your kid. And it's because if, if you aren't taken care of, you're not going to be able to take care of them. It's not right. about negligence. It's not about you being more important. It's about like, the the more in the better in shape you are the more in shape you are mentally emotionally physically whatever the better you will be able to to take care of them and that's something i regularly need to remind myself of that like it's not it's not a sin to to need to take a nap yeah you know absolutely like Like one and and AA, like, um, there's like the saying, like, obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got, yeah. which is like, you know, the, that whole program is like, you go through the steps and then you take others to the steps, but then you still need help yourself, you know? And yeah. it's like the circle of like, you know, just being of service to people, like, but you can't be of service to people when you're not of service to yourself and you don't yeah. take care of yourself, you know? And, but I think that society it just has like very unrealistic <laughs> expectations on like on, on parents. And I think it's shifted now to be more parents and not just women, not just moms, but, right. but almost that can have it all thing. It, it almost makes it harder. I mean, obviously I'm glad like women can have careers of course, sure. but you know, if the expectation was just like, all you have to do is like be a good mom or whatever. Then it, because there's times where like, you know, like periods of time where I wasn't working on anything and just spending time with Alistair. And I felt really lucky that I just got to spend time with Alistair. But then I would also feel like, oh, am I like a loser? Cause I'm just like a mom, you know, like there's that thing yeah. of like, oh, but I also have to be like doing all this cool stuff, you know? And like, yeah, it's it, there. I do think that there's, and it, I'm not really experiencing this, but just you know, my wife who, who has her own business and she has employees yeah. and she, she likes doing that, but she also really wants to be a mom. She wants to like step away from her business a little bit and, and spend more time with the kids and, and that sort of thing. But she also feels a responsibility to her employees and and, mm-hmm. customer and and clients and that sort of thing. Um, and so I do feel like there probably is a little bit more, a li- maybe even a lot more, uh, pressure on women. This idea, it's like, it's like, no, no, go out and and like, there are a lot of women that like fought for your ability to get out of yeah. the house and go. So you better do that, but make sure you don't prioritize it over your kid, but, but also yeah. don't just be a mom. Yeah. Like, no, and it's such a thing of like, there's nothing wrong with people that just want to be a mom or just yeah. want to like, 
you know, I know a couple of guys that are stay at home dads and like, you know, people are like, oh, you know, like, yeah, response, but it's just like, you know, like if, if you're in the position where like one person is the breadwinner or, or like lesbian couples where like one, mm-hmm. you know, one woman like works a lot and the other like is with the kids all the time. Like, it's like, there's just shifts of like, I don't know, like the way that like Matt and I have always been is it's like, he's working on something then I'm working on something. And it's just yeah. kind of worked out. And like when I was a baby, he was like working in New York and back and forth. So it's obviously I couldn't really, I couldn't do anything I had, yeah. you know, and, and we were lucky enough that like, you know, I could just be with Alistair and I got to like go out there with him and stuff. But like, I mean, I feel like that women who do just like choose to stay home, like are ashamed for that. And, oh yeah you know and it's just such a it's such a double-edged sword because like obviously you should be able like uh you know i mean i feel like people shouldn't shame people for for being stay-at-home moms you know yeah. but uh but they do and then they shame yeah you just said this i'm repeating it but <laughs> <laughs> well it's, yeah, it's probably best if you say it because it's mostly sp- speculation and just based on observation as opposed to like a, a specific thing that I'm feeling. Um, but yeah, it's, you know, uh, we've been going for a while and we could, we could go for longer because yeah, like, no, it's, I'm it's, sorry. It's I'm so, I really gab with you guys. It, yeah. It's yeah. We I haven't seen yeah. you in a while. I'm, yeah. I'm willing to put yeah. a lot of this down to that. And also just like, you know, talking about like parenthood, if I'm not careful, it's all I'll talk about. So, you know, and so of course the nature of this episode is going oh, to poor like, David. Have you just this whole time just been like, <laughs> uh, can we just like, please talk about something else? Yeah. No, like I, maybe I, hockey. Maybe we could talk about hockey, David for two or five <laughs> fucking hours. How about uh, that? I, I, I didn't complain at all. Did no, I, I know. No, no, I just know that parenthood is this thing you're into right now. it's a phase phase. yeah (laughs) that is the weird thing though it's like when you realize like like my cats are old they're old cats now right like they're 15 and 13 and like just life in general like it's like when i got my cat sasha i wasn't thinking like oh she's just gonna be with me like the rest you know like for a long time like yeah obviously there's nothing about her dying either but like it's just the thing of like, oh, it's such a responsibility. Like cats are responsible, dogs are responsibility. And then yeah. like human beings, it's just like, yeah, what? No, you know, yeah, not, not that it's a competition, but uh, my cat just turned 18. Oh, I got my her cat's right 18. After- my cat's 18, yeah, David. That's true. I got like, my cat right after I graduated college. And so she's essentially been wow. my entire post college life has been with, yeah. with Richelieu. And uh, uh, yeah, she's, now she looks her age <laughs> for about 16 or 17 years. She was like, this is still a kitten. Yeah. Now she, yeah, she's yeah. Now she looks like an 18 16. year old cat. Yeah. She's like skinny and haggard and she breathes real loud, but she's yeah. still, she still seems to be getting a lot of quality out of her life. I feel so bad for, for Charlie. Like I genuinely feel guilty for Charlie. They're just like, man, when, when you get to be an old cat, the last thing you want are two like two little kids running around <laughs> trying to pet yeah. you mm-hmm. and it's just like 
this poor and and like the two adults that have fawned over you for the last however many years uh suddenly they're distracted and Mm -hmm. so like i really go out of my way at the end of every night to like try to hang out with charlie and you know my cat my cat sasha when i got dudley hissed so much that she lost her voice and we had to separate them in rooms like it was just like such a like she was so wow and then like they they now i mean it's been a very long time but like you know after like a few months like started to get along and get along now um but sasha's like a very like she's like really small and like kind of weird and like doesn't let strangers pet or hides from new people right dudley's like opposite like she's like fat butter cat like sits on your lap and just wants yeah. love all the time when i had alistair and when i was like pregnant i was like in bed with dudley all the time like dudley on my huge stomach like you know um being sick with my cat um and then we you know had dudley and like i mean had dudley had alistair it's <laughs> 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 actually when i was pregnant i had a friend be like you should name your baby Dudley. And I was like, that's my <laughs> name. And she's like, I know, yeah. but it's such a good name. And I was like, <laughs> but I, obviously that's true. It's a great name, but I'm not. Um, but uh, uh, when we had Alistair, like Dudley was like, so upset, like so sad. And it wasn't mm. like, it was just like, oh, there's, there's, and, but like Sasha didn't care. And Sasha loves Alistair and like, doesn't, you know, she's like very antisocial, but like totally loves like let's house or petter and Dudley now is warming up like now <laughs> after six years well yeah it's cats or something a, i i could talk about for another two hours so maybe yeah, yeah. we should sure, uh, sure. wrap things up <laughs> absolutely uh, uh yeah susan thank you so much for yeah for the- thank you do you want to know about my pet rocks and like their <laughs> <laughs> Uh, obviously you can find us at battleshipretention.com movie reviews other stuff um, you can email us at david at battleshipretention.com or tyler at battleshipretention.com I'm on twitter at Davey Pretension. my uh, other podcast that I do with my wife is called The One Where I Met Your Mother we watch an episode of Friends and an episode of How I Met Your Mother every week compare, contrast, talk about what we were doing at that time in our lives and what was going on in the world at the time those episodes aired all sorts of uh goofy stuff like that uh that's at battleship pretension or wherever you find podcasts tyler is on uh, twitter at tyler pretension uh tyler do you have anything to plug real quick uh people can read my angry review of jurassic world dominion <laughs> at battleship pretension.com uh susan thank you again what do you uh where can people find you where do you want them to find you or your work oh, or anything i'm like that? only on twitter everything else is private because of being a parent um sure. but my twitter is public and that's at that susan burke well, thank you again for, for being here. Absolutely. Yeah, I know. Thank you for having me. It was a blast. Tremendous. Gabby, you with yeah. my kid. <laughs> <laughs> and oh, that's I could, really I all could we're never. trying to do. I could never. He went and did a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> thank you at home for listening. We'll get you next time. Bye. 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 This program is a proud member of the Battleship Pretension Fleet.